Hello, everyone, and welcome to AI and the Future of Tourism. This is a four-part TQ podcast series exploring generative AI use cases in tourism, powered by Singapore Tourism Board. My name is Andrea Hack. I'm the branded content editor at TNW and the host and producer of this show. In today's episode, we'll be focusing on how generative AI can redefine the visitor experience at attractions and what other tourism sectors can learn from this. To discuss this topic, we're joined by Kevin McNulty, CEO of digital marketing agency NetWeave Social Networking. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. First, could you maybe start off telling us a little bit about your background in the attractions industry and the field of AI? Sure. So in 2009, my partner and I started NetWeave Social Networking, which is a digital marketing agency. With Primarily, we work in social media, but we do other digital marketing too. And at that time, one of our first clients was actually an attraction, and they got us into the Florida Attractions Association, which got us into IAPA, which really kind of sent us down a track in the attractions industry. So we've been working closely with attractions for 14 years now. We also, you know, we do other digital marketing as well. And we've been really leveraging AI for productivity purposes and for doing some of the things that we do here. I'm also a professor of digital marketing at State College of Florida. So obviously, you know, I'm staying up on the cutting edge stuff for my students and to pass that on, because as you can imagine, by the time you get to the end of the semester, the world has changed from the beginning of the semester when it comes to digital marketing. So, you know, it's just been something that's been an interest of mine and a, a profession of mine for a long time now. And we love working with attractions. It's great doing social media for attractions. You, you get to be a part of so many people's best day ever's. You know what I mean? That's what I really love about the attractions. You're making memories. You're making people happy. They're going to look back Kids are going to look back on their life and remember that trip with their parents and, you know, the things that you did that day to give them a great day are going to stay with them forever. So I just love the attractions field. Absolutely. And, you know, as somebody who has been following this field for a while now, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see facing the attractions industry at the moment? So, you know, the attractions industry is that to say the attractions industry paints with a pretty wide brush. I think it depends on types of attractions. I know we're, we also work very closely with the Florida Association of Museums. And when it comes to museums and science centers and that kind of subdivision of the attractions industry, one of the things I know they struggle with is relevance. A lot of people you know, have a problem with museums. They don't want to see something behind a velvet rope. They want to interact with it. So changing to that model of giving experiences, I think, is a big challenge. But overall, I think the challenges come in a couple of different areas. One is customization. It's hard when you design a theme park for thousands of people a day to give people an individualized experience, yet that's what sticks with them the most. So I think that's a challenge. I think accessibility is a challenge. It's becoming a bigger and bigger part of everything that we do, as it should, because it's the right thing to do. But it also can be hard to do in some situations. So I think that's a challenge. You know, I think that 
another challenge for not only the attractions industry, but every industry, there's a challenge in the amount of data that we have to analyze and contend with and also online security. But I think customization, accessibility, security, and data collection and analyzation. Definitely. And, you know, we're living in also in such an exciting time in terms of technological innovation, particularly with, I mean, the onslaught of generative AI, which has really boomed over this past year. And I'm wondering, you know, what what are some of the opportunities and the new doors that this technology is opening up to to help to solve some of these challenges? Generative AI has been such a game changer because while we've had AI for several years, and in fact, if you're on social media, you've had AI used on you for, for years. That's how the newsfeed algorithm works. But that's all been analyzing and categorizing data that already exists. Generative AI takes it to the next level because now it's generating novel outputs for a given input. So it is actually bringing into the world things that didn't exist before. And the rate at which it's doing that is just staggering. I think the last statistic I saw, ChatGPT generates as much text in two weeks as humankind generated since the invention of the printing press. So that's an enormous amount. And of course, ChatGPT is just the best known, but it's certainly not the only one. You have Claude and Pi and Jasper. So there, you know, there are tons of, of large language models out there doing that. And then, of course, you have you know, the visual side of the equation. So you have these image generators like Dolly and Midjourney that can create images that you've never seen before. There's video creation tools. There's audio creation tools like Eleven Labs, which I know we're going to talk about. But they can generate audio video for a fraction of the price of you going out with your whole production team and creating something. So it's a force multiplier. I don't think it replaces people. I think the the watchword for at least the next few years, one day we may be there, but I think for the next few years, the watchword is human AI collaboration. I think you're going to use it as a tool. It turns an hour of writing into five, 10 minutes worth of editing. That's a huge productivity boost for marketing teams, for business communication teams. You can create videos with one presenter speaking English that then can be generated into the same presenter with the same voice speaking in any of a dozen languages and their lips and mouth will sync to that language because the AI redraws that part of the face. So now you have instant accessibility for other language speakers. They can be set up in a situation where you can have an AI describing something in a picture, which means you know the next step is you have an app where you turn on your camera and a visually impaired person can walk around the park and the app can describe everything that they see without you having to record anything or re-record it when something changes. So the, just the possibilities that generative AI kind of unleashes and the rate of change is so incredible. I mean, we're talking about it today and it's going to be completely different tomorrow. And to see how far it's come in, in the last few months and to see, you know, it, it's hard 
to predict where it's going to go. Most industry experts that I've talked to in my interviews and whatnot have told me, Kevin, we're, we're pretty sure what the next year looks like. In the next couple of years, we're kind of sure. Five, 10 years down the road, nobody really knows what, it, what the world's going to look like. And anybody who says that they know is either deluded or lying because it's just changing so fast. It's kind of like trying to learn to drive a car while it's being built. Absolutely. I mean, of course, there are so many opportunities and so much potential. It's really exciting that I think so many professionals are excited to play with the different tools and the technologies that we have. But of course, you know, every new big technology or change or project that you bring on has to also have some financial backing behind it. So maybe we can also talk a little bit about AI guides, particularly, and how you might be able to make a business case for adopting those first. What are some different ways that you're seeing this new technology be used as, as new revenue streams for attractions? So one of the one of the things that I think is is going to be the first into the market, and I don't know anyone who's got one ready for the public. I'm certain that people like Disney are working on it. But one of the things that I think would be one of the first things to market is an app. So kind of like you categorized, it would be like a personalized tour guide. And, you know, we already have apps that can tell you where you are in a park and can tell you how to get to the next thing you want to visit, what the show schedule is, where everything is. It's not that big a step to hook that up to generative AI, and you could build your own model, or you could even hook it up to an existing model like GPT through their application program interface. And all of a sudden, you have a guide that can talk to you and can look for patterns in each individual user and get to that customization we were talking about. So it can talk to the person and say, what would you like to do today? You know, what are the kinds of things you're interested in seeing? What kind of rides do you like? What kind of shows do you enjoy? And it can say, okay, let's plan your day. Or if the person is a repeat visitor, and I think this is really the exciting part is, you know, the next time they're in the park, the AI assistant can say, okay, last time you were here, you did this, 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 and this. Would you like to do more of the same? Or do you want to try something different today? You know, let's plan your day. And it can do things like interrupt you and say, this ride has gone down for maintenance, but I found another ride with a similar wait time if you'd like to go over here. And I'll let you know when the ride's back up. You know, things like that. But in such a way that, I mean, it's it's eerily natural speech that you get when you use like GPT voice or something like that, where you're actually having a conversation with an AI. It's kind of remarkable to think that all it's doing is predicting the next best word in the sentence. It seems very aware, even though it's not. So I think it adds a level of personalization to the interaction with your park. I think another great opportunity um, when you talk about revenue streams are things that you can do. Let's say you're an art museum. There's an interactive display in, let's say you have a Dolly collection. We have the Salvador Dolly Museum here in Florida, so that's why it pops to mind. But you, you come upon an interactive display 
that says create your own Dolly painting. And you get to type in prompt and it generates an image in the style of that artist. And if you like it, you can send it to the gift shop and a print will be waiting for you by the time you get to the gift shop and you can take that home or you can order it on a canvas and have it delivered to your house. And, you know, you can do that for every artist in your collection. You can pick an artist and do an image just like that or even have a camera in the display and it'll take your picture and make your picture a portrait painted by Van Gogh or, you know, anything like that. So there are all kinds of opportunities to really do that. And it's going to require some technical expertise from the attraction. Nobody's got an off the shelf solution for this yet, yet, because who knows what's around the corner. But if you've got your own people who can code in Python, they can write the app and connect it. You you pay, you know, for your data usage to OpenAI, but you can connect that right to GPT and let GPT do the heavy lifting. Or there are open source models like Llama that Meta is producing, or Stable Diffusion is an open source model for image generation. So you can just train your own model if you want. If you've got all the images in the in the Van Gogh collection, you can train a model on those images so that it can produce things in that style. Wow, that's incredible. My favorite tool in that space is Eleven Labs. And uh, we, we created an AI voice clone of you um, as an experiment for this episode. So, you know, I'd love for you to, to play that and, and have people judge for themselves how close we got to your, your voice. But the Eleven Labs tool is fantastic because all I had to do, I needed a one to two minutes of your voice recorded. So we just did a, a previous episode of your podcast. And in less than a minute, it's ready to go. And then all you have to do is type a script and it'll read the script for you. Amazing. Yeah, let's let's uh, see what you uh, what you created here. If you have a particular voice actor who stands out as the voice of your attraction, an AI voice clone of that actor can do much of the heavy lifting when it comes to informational reads. They aren't quite as emotive as a real actor yet, but for things like announcements or instructions, they can be useful. For instance, what you've been listening to isn't really Andrea. It's a voice clone of her that Kevin produced with a tool called Eleven Labs. This AI voice clone was created in just a few minutes using a one-minute sample of Andrea's voice. Then Kevin wrote a short script for this bit. Uncanny, right? Wow, that's incredible. I can't believe it sounds so close to my voice. It's, it's amazing. And that only took one to two minutes. As a matter of fact, once I upload the script and hit the generate button, within a few seconds, it starts talking it starts to talk so that you can evaluate the quality of the generation while it's generating the rest. But the whole thing start to finish from uploading your voice to getting that output, maybe five minutes, maybe 10. And then of course, once you have the AI clone, you can just continue to change the script. And something that they, they just released, one of the problems with this was, it wasn't as emotive as a person would be it didn't have as high high or as low a low if you were doing something kind of like a dramatic reading it was great for informational stuff like 
reading ad copy or giving instructions on the ride, you know, in line if you were doing something like that. But now they've got speech to speech. It was text to speech. Now they've also got speech to speech. So I can pick your voice model. And then I can upload a piece of audio that I record that shows where I want all the inflections. So I can say, hey, everybody, it's really good to see you here today. We're excited for you to be here. Come on in. And then I can hook that up to your voice clone and your voice will say it with the same emphasis and the same inflection that I just gave it. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you've got somebody who is the voice of your park, so to speak, you can use it in that context. They have a library of voices. So if you if you really don't need any particular voice, it's got plenty of, of text to speech. So if you need somebody, if you need a PA announcement about make sure your seatbelt is fastened or something like that, you can just generate them now. You don't need anybody to record them. You know, if you if you do use voice actors and you do want to use an existing voice, you do have to certify to Eleven Labs that you have the rights to that piece of audio that you're uploading. Plus, you know, it's just the right thing to do. If you're using somebody's likeness, whether it be a voice or an image, you want to make sure you have their permission and that they've been fairly compensated for that. That's a great point, because I think uh, the regulations, laws and regulations have not caught up to this technology yet. But it's important to keep in mind that they could in the future. So always important to cover yourself no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And that's true in a wide range of things in the AI field. I mean, the, the technology is advancing much faster than our capability to really understand how to regulate it. So I think you're always going to have kind of that lag there. And I think that operators should just be guided by the principle of do what's right. If this wasn't an AI, if this was a person, how would we handle this? Absolutely. That's an important thing to keep in mind as, as we our technology evolves and there's so many new opportunities and things we can do with it. There's also more potential risks. Definitely important to keep in mind when using this, these new tools. So maybe as one last question, do you have some tips on how tourism companies can actually get started introducing some of these new strategies and, and solutions that you've shared with us today? Sure. So uh, there's a lot of tools out there that are free. ChatGPT has a free version, but don't be afraid to pony up for the paid version. It is so much better. It has so much more capability. And none of these tools are particularly expensive. I mean, you can get GPT-4 with Turbo now is the chat GPT plus model. And the things it can do are amazing, including image generation. It's hooked up to the Dolly 3 image generator. So you get it's kind of an all-in-one solution and it's like 20 bucks a month. So my biggest recommendation for people is to get in there and start trying this stuff. Start scratching the surface of seeing what the potential is right now, as it is for 20 bucks a month, you have a huge productivity tool for your marketing department, for your communications department, and it could be a, a force multiplier for you. Like I said, it can turn an hour's worth of writing into five minutes worth of editing. So go in and try. You don't have to get fancy with it. But then when once you get comfortable with this stuff, the biggest thing is learning how to write prompts that produce the results that you want. I think that's going to be the indispensable job skill of the next few years is going to be a, being able to write good prompts. 
but start playing with it and start using it. Once you're comfortable with that, you can graduate to some of the video tools. InVideo is one of the tools out there that you can upload a script and it will produce a finished video using stock footage clips. And then you can actually edit it in the tool and replace the stock footage with your footage in places where you have it. But you can get a completely polished and finished video with background music, a narration, you do a voiceover, you know, so start playing with those tools. If you're a social media team, Munch is a video editing AI where you can upload 10 minutes of random B-roll and say, pick the highlights out of this and make me an Instagram reel and it will produce it in just a couple of minutes. So there are tons of tools out there. There are some 3000 generative AI tools on the market right now. It can be overwhelming. There's a good website, if you wanna check it out, called futuretools.io. And that's every tool this guy can find. He has a, a YouTube channel too, his name is Matt Wolf. And he, he tries to get every tool he finds out there and he's got them categorized. So you can see all the audio generators, all the music generators, all the video editors, all the AI detection tools, because that's a thing too. Like that, me being a professor at State College of Florida, whether or not your students are using AI to complete their assignments has become a thing. Um, so we have AI detection tools to tell if a student's essay was written by AI. FutureTools.io is a good listing of things, and he tries to get them out there as soon as they come out. And you know, you can see the ones that are free to try and the ones that are that are pay. There's some great tools out there. There's also a bunch of really marginal, not ready for prime time tools out there too. You know, every day you wait on getting implemented is a day that you're further behind on your competition because the smart folks are doing this. You know, I, I, I'm still not sure in the next few years, AI is going to replace people, but people who use AI are going to replace people who don't. And that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing your great insights with us. And thank you to Singapore Tourism Board's T-Cube for supporting this podcast. If you are a tourism business and you'd like to learn more about how T-Cube can support you in your transformation journey, reach out to the team via the interest form. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. The show is produced by The Next Web. Music and sound engineering is by Devaldi Music. If you like this podcast, check out the other episodes on how to leverage generative AI to boost revenue, plan, market, and run events, and how to create a generative AI strategy. I've been your host, Andrea Hack. Till the next time. <laughs>